and welcome. Good to have you with us this morning. It was good to see some new friends this morning. It is good to see some old friends this morning. I recognize Joanne. I did not recognize Samira sitting beside you for a minute there, but uh, we're glad that you are here with us today. If you're joining us online, we're glad that you're joining us online as well. We need to celebrate a little bit before we get started this morning, because last week, last Tuesday night, Kyla Atchison uh, was baptized into Christ. So we need to celebrate with Kyla. Wave your hand back there. I'm not going to make you stand up, but uh, be sure and uh, give her a big hug when you see her. Uh, One of the world's greatest jazz musicians, Louis Armstrong, used to tell a story about his childhood. Famously, he told it all the time. I don't know if it's true or not. He told it as being true. He grew up in Louisiana in the swamps, and one of his jobs as a little boy was to go down to the water and get a bucket of water and bring it back to the house for his mom to use during the day. One day he went down to the water, and just as he started to dip that bucket into the water, this huge alligator rose up out of the water right where he was about to get the water. He dropped the bucket. He ran home. His mother scolded him for not bringing water back. And he tried to explain to her, but there was this gator there right where I was standing. It was huge. She said, listen, that gator is just as afraid of you as you are of it. Now you go go back down there and get that water. (laughs) He told his mother, if that gator is just as afraid of me as I am of it, you don't want to drink that water. (laughs) So, I'm sorry. Let me get that out right now. I'm sorry. We are in this sermon series we're calling Fearless. And the reason we are talking so much about being fearless is because there's so much in this world to fear. There's just a lot of things that can strike fear into our hearts, and that is not unique to us. And that is not unique to our generation. There has always been lots of things to fear. But God doesn't call us as his children to face the future in fear. And one way that can help us not to face the the future in fear is to remember our past. So we're spending some time in the book of Joshua this summer. Uh, The people of Israel have come to the banks of the flooded Jordan River. Remember, they were at that same spot 40 years ago, but that generation didn't have the courage to cross the river, so God raises up a new generation. Last week, we talked about that outrageous command that God gave His people. He said, when you see the priests who are carrying the Ark of the Covenant step into the water, God is going to, God said, I am going to part that water, and you're going to walk through on dry land. And we saw last week that is exactly what happened. But that's not the end of the story. It takes us to Joshua chapter 4. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 4, look it up on your phone, or you can just listen carefully. I'm going to read a pretty big chunk of Joshua chapter 4. And I was going to just kind of retell what happens, 
But there's no way that I can retell Joshua 4 as well as the Holy Spirit told it. So I'm going to read a pretty good section of uh, Joshua chapter 4. And I want you to listen carefully because some important things are going to happen here. Joshua chapter 4, I'm going to begin in verse 1. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests stood, and to carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. Skip down to verse 8. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua, and they carried them over with them to their camp where they put them down. Joshua set up the twelve stones that, they'd been, that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. Skip down to verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped in Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your children ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan just what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Then in verse 24, and I'm putting this one on the screen. He did this, now watch this. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might also always fear the Lord your God. God really, really, really wanted his people to remember what happened that day that they crossed the Jordan. Why? Because God knows that those people, including us, were really, really, really good at forgetting things that are really, really, really important. See, God knows this about us. God knows that we tend to forget His, His presence. We tend to forget His faithfulness. It's the reason why God established memorials. God knows that, that fear needs memories of courage. So God gives us memories of courage to, to remember from our past to help us face the present. He sets up memorials. Now, one of the most obvious for us is communion. We just shared communion together. It's a memorial. We commemorate and we remember one of the greatest acts of courage, probably the greatest act of courage in the history of mankind. And you might not think of it that way, but it's true. Because Jesus left heaven, he left eternal fellowship with the Father, and came here to earth to be abused, to be beaten, to be crucified on a cross. Jesus was fearless. And God wants us to remember that sacrifice. That's why every week we share in that memorial so that we don't forget. 
Because that's what memorials do. They help us to remember great acts of courage. So God has the children of Israel collect 12 stones. And he's going to spend two chapters, chapters 3 and 4, talking about an event that took just one day. They just traveled six miles when they crossed the river. It wasn't a very long trip. But hundreds of years later, the prophet Micah is going to say this. Remember your journey from Shidem to Gilgal when I, the Lord, did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness. Remember what happened that day the people crossed the Jordan River when I did everything I could to teach you about my faithfulness. It was just a six-mile trip. But it was so much bigger than that. Because the people had woke up on the wrong side of the river. And they went to bed that night in the land of promise. And you've probably had things in your life that have kind of changed in a moment's time. You can think back of maybe when you got your driver's license. Or the day you got married. Or the day you had children. No, you woke up in the morning and you weren't married. You woke up in the morning, you couldn't drive. You woke up in the morning, you weren't a parent. You go to bed that night, your life is different. Everything's different. The event itself didn't take that very long, but it changed your lives. These Israelites, they have waited 400 years, and they were finally camping in the land of promise. And God did not want them to forget what happened that day. So God said, take one man from each tribe, go to the riverbed, right where the priests were standing, and I want you to pick up 12 stones. The Hebrew word there for stone is actually big stone, okay? Pick up 12 big stones and take those big stones out of the riverbed and build a memorial. God wanted his people to remember there was a day when the power of God stopped the Jordan River from flowing. God wanted what was done in the past to be remembered. He wanted what was done in the past to impact the present. And that's the purpose of a memorial. You go to Manhattan, you see the 9-11 memorial. You go to Pearl Harbor, you see the Arizona memorial. Memorial says that something happened here in the past that was really important. And it's something that we need to remember. And it's something that we need to talk about over and over again. So here's one reason why, why this is so important for us. Fearless followers of God take courage from the memory of God's story. Here's the deal. You are all living a narrative right now. You might not realize that. You might not consciously be aware of that, but you are all living a story. You're all living a narrative. And the question becomes, who's telling your story? What narrative are you listening to? What story are you living? The narrative of hedonism says, well, you're really nothing more than a being wanting desires. I mean, that, that's all you are. You're just a, a being full of desire. That's why you exist. So, as long as everyone consents... And as long as no one gets hurt, just do whatever you want to do that makes you feel better. That's, that's your story. The story of materialism says you're just a consumer. 
Your existence is just to get more stuff, to amass more things, because the one who dies with the most toys wins. That's your story. The story of humanism says, sorry, there is no story. You're just, you're just a product of evolution. You're just like a cosmic evolutionary mistake. You're not even supposed to be here. So it doesn't matter what you do. Because in the end, none of it matters. But according to the Bible, you exist to glorify God. And you exist to live in a relationship with a Heavenly Father. And if you want that to be your story, if you want that to be your narrative, you're going to have to be intentional about that. Because if you're not intentional all those other stories are going to cause you to forget whose story you're listening to and what story you're living. And there are some things that we can do to be very intentional about the life that we're living and the story that we're listening to. One of those things is what we're doing right now. And we worship together. And no, that is not just one hour, one day a week. You know, that, that, that's during the week. But this, what we're doing right now, this is important. And I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, literally. But we need to be together in worship. We just do. We're strengthened by that. And when we come here together, we need to worship. We need to be worshipful. You know, another thing you can do to make sure you're not forgetting your story, spend time in God's Word every day. Spend time in prayer. God's Word is God's story. That's where we learn the story of God. That's where we learn about Jesus. In our relationship class a couple weeks ago, Zoe Lambert said, you know what I do? I've gotten to the point in my life where I listen almost exclusively to Christian music. It reminds me, it fills my day with good things, with, with the love of God and the grace of God, and just encourages me during my day to be filling my mind and you know, my life with, with those good messages. You can do life with other Christians. You can join a 242 life group. You can start a 242 life group. Because when you spend time with other people who are living the same story... We, we have those things that we can encourage each other with. There's a lot of things you can do to remember who you are. Because the truth is, we all have times in our lives, and we can all can remember back times in our lives when our lives were at flood stage. When we didn't know what was going to happen. And it looked like there was no way around, no way through, no way over. And God came through. And we all can remember one or two or 12 times in our lives where God showed up when we needed him the most, when our lives were at flood stage and did something amazing. We need to mark those times. We need to share those memories. Personal testimony is a powerful thing. Those flood stage moments of our lives, they actually help us to be fearless in the present. I'll give you one other memory that, that most all of us in this room share, and that's our baptism. You know, we all share that memory of our baptism. 
In uh, Romans chapter 6, Paul is talking about the fact that uh, he actually is anticipating a question that he knows is going to be asked. And the question that he is anticipating is, so if God's grace is so great, why don't we just sin all that we want? I mean, why don't we just do whatever we want to do because God's grace is going to cover us. Notice what Paul says in Romans chapter 6, verse 3. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? Don't you remember? Have you forgotten that when we became Christians and were baptized to become one with Christ Jesus, we died with Him? Did you forget that? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Paul says, don't forget what happened when you were baptized. No, you can't live just any life you want to live. No, you can't do whatever you want to do. No, you can't just think that grace is a get-out-of-jail-free card. You've been baptized with Christ. You are living a new life. You are living a new story. Don't forget that. Some of you, you that's your next step. For some of you, you need to do that. You, you just do. You need to be baptized. And it's something you can always look back on and remember who you are in Christ. I'll give you another important thing that, that you need to remember. Someone else needs the benefit of your story. You know, every time that God does something for you, He didn't do it just for you. Listen to what God tells the children of Israel just before they cross over the river. It's in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4. But watch out. Be very careful never to forget what you've seen the Lord do for you. Do not let these things escape from your mind as long as you live. And be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Every fearless follower of God knows that there's another generation coming right behind us. We want our children to be fearless followers of God, right? We want our grandchildren to be fearless followers of God. And God, in His wisdom, anticipates the question that those children were going to ask. He doesn't say, if your kids happen to ask, what's the deal with the stones? What He says is, When your kids ask, what's the deal with the stones? Because God knows kids ask questions all the time. Uh, Amen. I thought I'd get a stronger amen than that, actually. (laughs) Kids ask questions all the time, don't they? You've probably seen this meme. Once I became a parent, I finally understood the scene where Yoda gets so tired of answering Luke's questions, he just dies. Every parent can, can, can relate to that, can't we? Kids ask questions all the time. And listen, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Look back at Joshua chapter 4, verse 6. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them. The flow of the Jordan was cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. 
our children, our grandchildren. They need to hear our stories of how God stepped into our lives when our lives were at flood stage and his faithfulness to us made a difference in our lives. Our children need to hear a testimony of a God who, who did it before and he'll do it again. Every generation needs to be raising up the next generation of fearless followers of God. The psalmist in Psalm 71 says this, And now that I am old and gray, don't forsake me. Give me time to tell this generation and their children too about all your mighty miracles. You know, I've said this several times before, but I, I think it's true. It is getting harder and harder to walk in faith. It's getting harder and harder to live out our story. Those of you who are about my age, there was a time when, when I was younger that the, the culture in some ways affirmed our story. It's not the case anymore. Our story is getting challenged in every arena. And it is going to take tremendous courage for our children and our grandchildren not to forget who they are. That is why we have to be fearlessly fearful. And that's not a misprint, and I know it doesn't make sense at first, but stay with me on this. Just go back to our story. I want to put up again the last verse of Joshua chapter 4. Why does the Bible spend so much time on this one event? Here's why. He, talking about God, he did this so that all the nations of the earth might know the power of the Lord and that you might fear the Lord your God. That you will always fear the Lord your God. See, here's the crazy thing. And again, when you hear it, it won't make sense, but it's true. You know what courage needs? It needs a different fear. You know, you know how to overcome fear? Replace it with a bigger and a better fear. Because with the right fear, we can be fearless. When we fear God, we can be fearless. So what does it mean to fear God? Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that I'm afraid of God. In fact, look at the Psalms. There's lots of Psalms that talk about the fear of God and the love of God you know, in the same place. What it means to fear God is I take Him seriously. I take Him seriously because of who He is. It means I orient my life around His Word and around His will. It means I orient my life around His story. I align my life with the things that I know are important to God. I stand in awe. I stand in reverence of God. And when the fear of the Lord, when that fear of the Lord is absent, all those other fears are going to be present. But when that fear of the Lord is present, all those other fears, they kind of go away. Because you'll not know what to fear if you don't know who to fear. And if you don't know uh, who you are. Because when you know who you are, when your identity is in God, when you know your story, you can be fearless. I mean, really... Why are you going to worry about what people think about you? You got the admiration of the God of heaven, right? 
Why are you going to worry about your resources? Why are you going to worry about, you know, how much you have? Why are you going to worry about, you know, how generous I'm going to be? When Jesus Christ said, seek first my kingdom, I'll take care of all these other things. For that matter, why are you going to fear death? We follow a man whose dead body was put in a tomb. Three days later, he walked out and said, I've taken care of that. I've taken care of that for all time. Aligning our story with God's story makes us fearless. Listen, when Solomon, wisest man who ever lived, was giving advice to his son, he summed it up in just one sentence. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One, that's understanding. So this morning I'll leave you with, with two questions. First question is this. Where do you need to set up some stones that will remind you to fear God? What memorials do you need to be erecting? What, what events do you need to go back and talk about and think about? What were some times in your life when your life was at flood stage and God came and did something amazing? You need to remember that. You need to talk about that. Your children need to hear those stories from you, which leads to my second question. Who do you need to pass your story on to? Who do you need to be telling your flood stage moment story to? Who can you strengthen with your story? We all need the right kind of fear in our lives. That fear that makes us bold. That fear that leads to wisdom. That fear that leads to understanding. That fear that even though it doesn't make sense, that fear that makes us fearless. Let's remember those memorials that God has blessed us with. Let's remember those things that God has done for us in the past. And in the present, let's be fearless in the fear of the Lord. We've got a song that we're going to use as a song of encouragement. If as a church family, we can help you in any way, we invite you to come to the front and let us know. Let's go ahead and be standing while we sing.